Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here with a classic episode from our podcast archives. Animal testing is a difficult subject because it can save human lives, but of course, no one wants non-human animals to suffer unnecessarily either. But the good news is that we're on the brink of replacing animal testing with various technologies. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. In January of 2018, U.S. Food and Drug Administration Commissioner Scott Gottlieb announced that the agency, after an internal investigation, had permanently ended a nicotine addiction study in which four squirrel monkeys had died. He said in a statement on the FDA website, Based on this team's findings, it is clear the study was not consistent with the agency's high animal welfare standards. In a September 2017 letter, famous primate researcher and conservationist Jane Goodall had denounced the research as cruel and unnecessary, saying that the harmful effects of smoking on humans are already known and could be studied directly. In addition to ending the study, Gottlieb said that the findings indicated that the FDA's protections for animal research subjects, quote, may need to be strengthened in some important areas. For that reason, he announced the launching of an independent, third-party investigation of all of the FDA's animal research and the creation of a new Animal Welfare Council to oversee those studies going forward. Additionally, Gottlieb said that the FDA would strengthen its commitment to replacing, reducing, and or refining animal studies with new methods, and said that animals should be used in studies only when there's no other way to do research that's important for public health. But even so, he said... It is important to recognize that there are still many areas where animal research is important and necessary. In particular, he cited the use of primates as essential for the development of some critical vaccines for human children. The research involving monkeys and the agency's response highlighted what for many people is a discomforting reality. Despite computer simulations and other tools available to today's researchers, laboratories still use large numbers of animals as experimental subjects. In an email, FDA spokesperson Tara G. Rabin said that the agency currently is utilizing 8,167 creatures of various sorts in research. That includes over 7,000 rodents, 270 primates, 109 fish, 31 lagomorphs, an order that includes rabbits and hares, 20 mustela, uh, that's animals such as ferrets and weasels, 12 amphibians, 6 cows, and 5 goats. But that's only a fraction of the animals subjected to testing in other government, university, and private sector labs. A 2016 report by the U.S. Department of Agriculture listed over 820,000 animals, including 139,000 rabbits, 71,000 primates, 60,000 dogs, and 18,000 cats, among other animals. Elizabeth Magner, program manager for the New England Anti-Vivisection Society, said in an email that the most common toxicology tests, which include oral and dermal sensitization and irritation testing, still cause thousands of animals to suffer and die in the U.S. each year. And despite the FDA's position that animal testing is still essential, there are increasing questions about its scientific value. Drugs often produce results in animal tests that can't be replicated with humans, and at least a few drugs that were deemed safe in animal testing have turned out to be dangerous or even lethal when taken by human subjects. The use of animals in research goes back to ancient times, when Greek physicians did exploratory surgery on live animals to study their anatomy and physiology. In the early 1900s, rodents became a staple of laboratory research after the breeding of a standard strain, the Worcester rat. Catherine Willett, Director of Regulatory Toxicology, Risk Assessment, and Alternatives for the Humane Society of the United States, explains, 
When we do research on animals, it's because a hundred years ago, it was the best thing people could think of. We've learned that animals are not very good predictors of what happens with people. But Willett and others are hopeful that animal testing will be replaced by alternatives that will not only spare animals from suffering, but produce more reliable results about human effects. One particularly promising technology is the development of microchips lined with living human cells that enable them to serve as simulated human organs. Geraldine A. Hamilton, president and chief scientific officer of Emulate Incorporated, explained in an email how the devices work. She said, Each of Emulate's propriety organ chips, such as the lung, liver, brain, intestine, or kidney, contains tiny hollow channels lined with tens of thousands of living human cells and tissues, and is approximately the size of a AA battery. An organ chip is a living, micro-engineered environment that recreates the natural physiology and mechanical forces that cells experience within the human body. She said that this technology can predict human responses with greater precision and detail than modern cell culturing or animal-based experimental testing. According to Hamilton, the devices already are being used by pharmaceutical companies, and NASA is working with Emulate to use the company's brain chip in space in order to better understand the effects of microgravity and other forces. Organ chips also can be combined in a system to simulate how multiple organs react to something, and Emulate is working on the patient on a chip, which eventually will include organ chips that are tailored with an individual patient's own cells. Those sorts of developments give opponents of animal testing hope that it will soon become a thing of the past. As Elizabeth Magner puts it, we are confident that this reality is not only possible, but inevitable. Today's episode was originally produced by Tristan McNeil and is based on the article, Will Alternative Technologies Make Animal Testing Obsolete? on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Sharice Threewitt. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 